Our limitations, self-doubt, and limiting beliefs about ourselves. Why do we give them so much power? I'm Simon Caruso, and this is the Limitless Man Podcast, speaking to those who doubted their own doubts and overcame limitations to pursue their very own limitless potential. Welcome to the episode, guys. This is all about creating your best life. We've got a really special guest today. This guy, this gentleman, has four decades of experience helping thousands of people transform their minds and lives. His innovations include mind design and directed questions. He's a master trainer of NLP and DHE, a master hypnotherapist, a master hypnotist, whole brain and accelerated learning, the law of attraction, and he's founder of Idea Seminars. He's a professional speaker, a coach, a consultant, and educator. The list goes on, guys. He's a professional actor and filmmaker and consultant to the entertainment industry. He's also appeared before Minions on television and in films. He consults for attorneys and on news media for famous trials and celebrities. He coaches actors, directors, performers, and speakers. In addition to training and executive coaching, he also does customized expert modeling and customized business consulting. He is the author of the book titled, Life on Your Terms, Create the Life You Want. Mr. Rex Sykes, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Wow, Simon, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Good day. I thank you very much. What a story, what a career. Well, I've had a, a fascinating journey. It's been truly an adventure. Just like a roller coaster, there are ups and downs. Um, but for all the things that you uh, listed in my introduction, I really it really boils down to one or two things. And that is, I help people with their mindset so they can manifest the kind of life that they want and live the life of their dreams by taking charge of their thoughts and their feelings and their behavior so that they make things happen for themselves whether that's relationships or feeling better about themselves, getting over struggles or making more money. So there's that. And then, and then I work in the movie business as well. So between entertainment and uh, mindset, attitude, coaching, um, it's all good. Yeah. You've had your own struggles. You did mention that, but you also, you had a skydiving incident as well many years ago. Is that correct? Uh, One more time. You've had many struggles, but you've also had a skydiving incident as well in the past. Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the skydiving is, it sounds worse than it was, but um, yeah, I uh, I went skydiving. I, I, I write about it in the book. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it now, maybe flesh out a little extra details. Um, I had a girl I was very much in love with, an actress, and, and she was me. And I went uh, skydiving with a stunt woman actress friend, which was not, um, didn't sit well with my girlfriend at the time. And we were in a, in a little, uh, we were in a DC three, actually a bunch of us. And I ended up being the last person to jump, which was cool because I get to sit in the plane while they circled the, you know, the uh, area for a long time. And I had wanted to be the first and I ended up the last and I was, I was really grateful to be last. So the point was we're supposed to hit a target, which was a bullseye on the ground. We're trying to land in that. And uh, this was my first time skydiving. It was in the old days with the round shoots and, and uh, there, you know, in the in the new rectangular ones, you can pull up and you can step out, you know, and land on yeah. your feet. In those yeah. days, you had to kind of tuck and roll. So at about the time your eyes are level with the horizon, 
you got about a second before you hit the ground. You're about 200 feet from the from the ground. So I was so busy, like going, oh, look, I'm getting inside the ring. I'm in the outer ring. Oh, this is so cool. This is so cool. I better look. And I went, oh, and hit. So I didn't prepare to land. And so I landed more stiff-legged than I should have. I didn't, and I kind of went boom and then fell over. And I I injured my back pretty badly. I, I mean, I could walk. I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't hospitalized for my back. But I had, you know, compressed some vertebrae and did some different things to it that uh, made it very difficult to, to do anything, and much less sleep or anything. So I went to a doctor in Beverly Hills. I said, I, you know, do you have anything that I could do? I'm trying to hide this from my girlfriend because she didn't want me to go to skydiving in the first place. And I can't sleep and I can't, I can't even function. I mean, so, so he said, yeah, here, take this. And he gave me a couple of pills and I was leaving his office to pick up my sister in Hollywood. She was working in literally on Hollywood Boulevard in a magazine. She's a journalist. So I was going to pick her up and I said, can I take these here? He said, oh yeah, yeah, sure. So he handed me a little cup of water and let me take them. Last thing I remember, he gave me a fatal combination of medicines that should have killed me. They didn't. But I ended and I ended up functioning on them. But the, the, when it all was said and done, and I got through the whole thing, the doctors that then, you know, knew what had happened to me were like, "You're a walking miracle. You should have. You should at least be in a coma, if not, you know, dead." And uh, I'm here today. So, wasn't my time. What what sort of repercussions did that have? Like, was there a big recovery process involved? Oh, well, I I I it, it screwed me up. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I mean, my thought processes were gone. I mean, nothing made any sense. Uh, I couldn't, I had virtually no short-term memory and it created a lot of anxiety. And so people would give me other drugs. They'd say, here, take Quaalude, take a Valium, take a Darvacet, take a Darvine, take this, yeah. take that, you know, to to calm me down. So people were giving me other medication. I was taking this other medication and uh, didn't realize like I became a walking medicine chest. And um, I lost all of my friends. I, I, I went on casting calls i didn't i don't re, i didn't know that i would go on them my sister later said mm. i got a postcard mail one day which is uh, unusual but somebody said the postcard they said thank you for coming in to see us about and i'm like what is this and she said oh yeah you went in these interviews i'm like because essentially i was walking drunk i mean i had no clue and fortunately i didn't kill anybody i didn't run anybody over i didn't wreck my car um i passed out all over town i got into near fights with people because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And um, when when it was discovered that I was on this medication and that was removed and I went cold turkey from it, then I was left with, oh my God, what have I done? I've lost all my friends. I've destroyed my career. I lost my girlfriend. I felt horrible. And I was trying to, you know, tell everybody, look, I, I didn't mean to do this. I I I didn't, I didn't, you know. Yeah. And and some, some, you know, would, would listen and others were like, just go away, go away, go away. Mm. So I started to drink <laughs> heavily. Yeah. So then I went through a period of drinking and just, you know, getting completely drunk and sloshed and, and going out and trying to live a life and trying to meet people and everything. And it just, one thing led to another, another. And one day, uh, again, I think it's in the book. Uh, mm. I know, well, I know it's in the book, but I, I was, I, this guy came up to me in a club that I would frequent. And just yelled and screamed at me. And I'm like, why? Why? He's like, you were in here pushing me around. I'm going to kill you, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Mm. And he calls the uh, 
the host of the club over and the guy said, look, Rex is a good guy and you're a good guy. I'm sure nothing was meant and uh, shake hands, you know, at least or take it outside kind of thing, you know. So I went downstairs to where one of my friends who was a waiter there, I said, who is this guy, Nikki? And he just turned white like a, a sheet and said, why? And I said, well, because he said, you know, he's going to kill me because I was pushing him around last night in the bar. And he goes, he goes, you are going to die. He goes, you know, you pass out, you drove your car almost off a cliff. You know, you had all these drug problems. Now you're drinking like this. You're going to die. And I went home that night and I thought, I don't want to die. You know, I, I don't. I mean, I, I'm doing all this stuff to try and live. Yeah. And so I decided I would lock myself in my apartment and I locked myself in my apartment for over six weeks, but I say six weeks, you know, because it's round number and, um, and uh, sat in a chair and I affirmed and I visualized and I meditated and I did everything I knew that I could do to try and get my life back. And, and, uh, and about three weeks into that process, cause I'm sitting there going, why did this have to happen to me? Why did she leave yeah. me? How come? This, you know, and everything. Why am I such an idiot? How come nothing works out? You know, I've lost all my friends. What am I going to do? I realized I didn't really want to know the answer to any of those questions. I was asking questions like, how long is it going to take me to get? I'm like, I don't care how long it takes. I want to know how soon I can recover, how quickly I can yeah. you know, feel confident, go back out in the world. And what do I need to do in order to, to win my friends back or to feel confident? And so I started to ask myself a different sort of question. And, um, created something called directed questions as a result, which I've been teaching now for about 40 years. But uh, it, what happens is we, the mind goes in one of the two directions. It's either positive or negative. I say dog shit or diamond. So you have a choice, Yeah. you know, which you want to go. And a lot of people will wallow in the dog shit you know, yeah. and the crap. And, and you don't, most of us don't realize it because it's habitual, you know, whether you've had yeah. a tragedy in life or, yeah. or whatever, we just grow up you know, not making the best choices or not thinking most positive, at least most of us do, about 98% of us do. There's about 2% who who understand this, who think right, who work right, and who, who live the kind of lives of their dreams. And then the rest of us struggle and do everything we can to, you know, try and make it through the day or through the week, you know, and have a kind of good life. Well, I discovered at that time, you know, I had a choice. I could either go the way I was going or do something significantly different. And I chose to significant difference i chose diamonds i said i'm going to start thinking positively and, and put the stuff that i know together and i'm going to meditate i'm going to change my life and i did yeah you spoke about the diamonds and the dog shit analogy that's uh that's spot on so why is it though is it just a habitual thing that is it in our dna do you think is it just because that's we're always so trained to look at the the worst or the shit as opposed to what the possibility is on this side you know whether, whether actually well, it's, it, you know, you're, it's a great question, and and the answer is somewhat yes and somewhat no. In other words, we have psychologists say we have a negativity bias, and that's just absolutely dog shit. We don't. We have a survival bias. Our brain is does two survival things. Survival bias, he said. Survival. survival. Bias. Oh, yep. In other words, what our brain is designed to do is to keep us alive. So it looks for threats in the environment, whether they're physical, emotional, mental, whatever. You know, if a bear is chasing you, you need to leave. If a boulder is mm -hmm. coming down the hill, you need to fly. If somebody's coming at you, you know, with fists, you got to, you know. Well, nowadays, you know, our brain has adapted because we're not being chased by lions and tigers and bears as much. Some people are, but most of us, you know, you know, your your significant other shoots you a dirty look, and it's like, what do you mean by that? You know, we still have this kind of lag. The reptilian brain still goes, oh, yeah. this is a threat. So. 
I either have to fight, fight, or flee. So there's that. But the other thing the brain does is it it wants us to thrive. And in order to do that, to keep us alive and to keep us thriving, why does it keep us thriving? So we can reproduce, to keep the species alive. So it means if you survive and are thriving, we can have sex, essentially. You know, this is so good. It's a good thing, right? Yeah. And um, so the brain keeps us alive so we can reproduce and it and, and it helps us, you know, navigate the world so it stays alive. And in order to do that, it also uses the least amount of energy and the least effort. It's law of conservation. So it streamlines everything. It, it wires things in, in into patterns or what we would call habits. So, you know, we hear this term of neuropathways. Yes. Years ago, they used to say the brain was like a jar and it would get filled up. And once it was full, you couldn't do anything about it. Right. I I beg to differ with that because from ancient times to 1970s and 80s, when I was starting my work, we would say you can grow new neural pathways. You can mm. you can develop the brain. Whenever you learn something, you are evolving your brain. And science was saying, no, that's not true. No, that's now they validate it. Now they come along and they say, well, yeah. there's uh, neuroplasticity and your brain evolves and changes. And it's it's really a use it or lose it phenomenon. If you're if you're if you're exercising your brain, and by the way, just doing this. Or contralateral movements, touching your left, right knee with your, you know, and your right shoulder, or vice versa, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. It stimulates different parts of the brain and it passes information across the corpus callosum. And you can do things like this, you know, grab your nose and your ear, and you know, like, kind of like patting your head and rubbing. Your, um, but using your brain, learn new things, um, affirm things, you know, uh, roll down a hill, do somersaults play like you were a child and you continue to keep it alive. It's use it or lose it. Just like if you are a bodybuilder and you lift weights and at one day you stop lifting weights, your muscles start turning to flab. They don't stay toned unless you continue to condition them. So we've been conditioned to have problems and to avoid problems and, and therefore look for those things that might cause us problems. And it's just this kind of natural thing. So if it's in your business, it's what's wrong here. It's what's wrong there. It's what's wrong yeah. in the relationship. Yeah. Right, and so we tend to focus on that. The people who thrive are the people who don't focus on the dog shit, but go, I want diamonds. It's not, I want to lose weight so that I'm thin. It's, I want to be healthy and thin. I uh, And I am. I mean, in other words, the brain doesn't know what to do if you say, I want to lose weight. Mm. It's like saying, don't think of a blue elephant. You know, the brain goes, yeah. okay, elephant. If you say, I don't want debt, what do you think of? Debt. So if you're entertaining debt or weight, get, you know, or, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to be stupid, then I, I want to be stupid is essentially the brain. You're not creating what you want. You're creating what you don't want. Mm. And most people, most people literally, I hate to use the word literally, but most people actually um, are creating what they don't want most of the time. Mm out of habit because they don't know any better because that's how they've been raised and that's how they brought up and that's how society uh, keeps us following rules. Yeah. yeah. I love what you said about the brain neuroplasticity and you're right. This has been proven now many times over. There's guys out there like Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. John Martini. I mean, these guys, they've proven it. You know, they've, they've run they're many. Puppies. Yeah. So... They're puppies, youngins. They're good. They're coming up. No, I mean, yeah. they're, they're great. I'm glad <laughs> they're here. <laughs> But it's been like, it, it's pretty mainstream now. So you can read about this stuff. There's many books about it. I want to talk about affirmations though, because affirmations are a good way. Well, at least I thought they were a good way to 
actually start moving in the right direction to start to see things, the diamonds, the gold, yeah. opposed to seeing the shit. And so you've got an interesting take on affirmations. It's been, it's been very well mainstream now over the years about, you know, visualizing, saying things, writing things down. What's your take on it? And what is the correct way to actually do an affirmation if there is a correct, a correct way to do it? You have to realize that there's only a few things you can do in the English language. You can ask a question, like, how are you today? Yep. You say, um, I'll be there on time. You can make a promise. You can assert something like, um, I'm a male, or I'm wearing a black jacket. Or I can say, I am king of the universe. Now, when I say I'm king of the universe, I'm declaring something. Yeah. Now, think about it. But only a person with authority can, like in a courtroom, can can make that declaration. So a judge can say, I find you guilty or I find you not guilty. Or the jury can say, we find you guilty or not guilty. They have the authority to make a declaration. Make sense so far? Does. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. A guy named Fernando Flores, who, who deciphered this for the English language, said four yep. things you can do in English. Assertions and declarations are what we do most of the time, or when we ask a question or we make a promise. We do this kind of thing. Why am I such a schmuck? How come I'm so stupid? That's a question. And what does that do to the brain? When we talk to ourselves like that, are we just... Well, it's an affirmation, but it's a question. Okay. In other words, it's an assertion. You're saying, why am I so stupid? You're asserting I'm stupid, yeah. and then I'm wondering why I'm stupid, and guess what your brain will do? Yep. Your brain will go, you want to know why you're stupid? Well, because when you were four years old, you put your head in a toaster. You didn't go to the right school. You know, you skipped out on this. And it'll come up with all the reasons because what the brain is good at doing is when you ask a question, it goes to seek the information or the answer. Mm. That's, That's why I can say, where'd you get your shirt? And you can say, well, I got it as a gift or mm. I picked it up in a store or somebody, you know, whatever. You know, you don't go, I was abducted by a UFO when I asked that question. Yeah go i'm irish or australian or you know mm. spanish you say oh my shirt because your brain knows where to go so if you go where am i so stupid where does your brain go so all the things that you consider stupid well, how come i'm such a schmuck your brain goes to those places and so people ask all these bad questions how when will anything uh, you know how come everything horrible always happens to me well you want to know because you're no good you know this you did that you did that so it comes up with it so it's it's an affirmation yeah disguised as a question because what it's giving you is it's an assertion you're asserting i am this now give me the answer okay so then you can promise i am so stupid you know i'll always be stupid i the things never work out for me you know i never have the money they're like you know they're making these again it's like an assertion but it's like it's not any different than saying i'll be there on time yeah you're kind of promising you're making this assertion as promise you and then so or I'm five foot ten, or I'm six foot twelve, or I weigh 180 pounds. Those are assertions. They're kind of facts. So, the, so people will say, "Well, you don't understand. When I was five, I was abused by this, or I didn't learn that, or you know, my wife does this." Um, they they start talking like the history. Yeah, is true, and it may be historically true, but it doesn't mean you have to be a victim of it. It just means that it happened. Yeah, That's but it. they submit it in. They keep perpetuating it. Yeah, and they go. So, you, you know, they go to therapy and they go from therapist to therapist to therapist or they go into different clubhouse room after clubhouse room after clubhouse room or whatever, wherever they are. And they go, all right, so let me tell you my story. 
I grew up with nothing. I was abused when I was a child. I did this. I lost all my money. And they keep telling it over and over and over They're again. Forcing it again. They just keep repeating it. Yeah. Okay. And they keep perpetuating it. So you have to change what you're doing if you want to get a different result. You know that saying, if you always do what you always did? Yeah. And then there's the declaration. So people go, I am such an idiot. Damn it. Oh, my God. What? Why do I always, why do I do this over and over? Now they're doing it with, with incredible emotion. Mm. Well, guess what the brain really, really likes? What do you remember most? Do you remember the high points in your life and the really, really low points in your life? Everything else that's pretty much the same, you don't remember. You don't remember one day you had coffee or another day of coffee unless something significant happened Mm -hmm. that you go, oh, my God, yes, I ran into so-and-so. It was so cool. Why was it cool? Because it had this kinesthetic, this feeling component. So if you want to get your brain working, you have to understand first that stop affirming the stuff you don't want stop affirming the negativity stop affirming the crap or the dog shit in your life and only affirm the stuff that you do want speak only to bless heal prosper inspire uplift edify motivate or transform i mean in other words you have to kind of put a guard in front of your lips in front of your thoughts in front of your feelings to say i'm going to aim in this direction if you want to go from sydney to melbourne you have to pretty much go in the same direction. If you go the opposite direction or any other direction, it's going to take you longer. You have to go all the way around the world to get to the other, you know what I'm saying? It's going yeah. to take you longer. So people do this stuff where they're, I'm so stupid. I'm great. I'm so stupid. I'm great. And they don't, they don't do one more than the other. It's kind of 50, 50. Yeah. So, so well, they, have, they just, they cancel each other out. Do they pretty much? They, yeah. They have one foot on the dock and the other foot on the boat. And they, <laughs> they, you got to get in the boat if you want to go. Yeah. So what you do is you start shifting and you start saying, I am God you know, of the universe. I am powerful. I can with a lot of emotion, with fun and enthusiasm and joy. And you start going, you know, and if, and if crap happens, you can go, I will never do that again. I am going to do this instead. In other words, it's okay if if something happens, you go, stop and start doing this. Stop that, do this. Stop that, do this. It's not keep doing that while you're doing this. You know, you want to put an end to something, so you have to stop. So I developed something called the attitude activator, which takes the person through the process of saying stop, pause, take a breath, break up the pattern so you're not continuing it, and now shift into this direction. Mm. And so, and so, and that's using, you know, uh, relaxation and hypnosis and guided imagery and the whole, whole thing. It's a, it's a relaxation program you listen to with headphones. But the point for it was to say, if you're having trouble and if you're struggling or if you're doing the same things over and over again, and you don't want to, here's the remedy. And if you want to learn to do new things in new ways that serve you well, here is, here is the, the method of the procedure. It's the attitude activator. You just mentioned hypnosis and when I think of hypnosis and when a lot of people think of hypnosis, they probably think of that person on stage, you know, clacking like a chicken, getting the, getting people to sort of comply and do things like that. But you obviously use this tool and you're an expert in this to actually help transformation. It's an effective tool for transformation. So just explain in your terms of what is hypnosis and how, how do you actually use it and how is it beneficial in the process of transforming someone's life. Well, hypnosis is really just communication. You know, it's just it's just how you communicate, the way you communicate. You know, there's there's it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. So if if I say, Hey, you want to go to a movie tonight? 
and you go, wow, I go, hey, think about how much fun we're going to have. We're going to go to the movie. We're going to do this and everything else. And you can imagine that in your head and you go, yeah, I'd like to do that. That's a form of hypnosis. It's just everyday conversation. Okay. It's been mystified and, and made spooky and Svengali-fied and, you know, and, ah, uh, see, deep, you know, and you, you pass out and then suddenly you, you know, you're a, you're a CIA assassin or something. <laughs> if hypnosis were that kind of thing, don't you think that, we wouldn't even have to go to school. You you just hypnotize people in chairs and go, you're the world's best baseball player. And then after sitting there and going through hypnosis, they'd be the best baseball player. They wouldn't even have to practice. They'd just be able, you're a brain surgeon. You're a brain surgeon. You're a brain. Yeah. You can't replace experience by being hypnotized. Yeah. But you can enhance anything that you're doing through hypnosis. In other words, you can visualize, you can imagine, you can give yourself positive suggestions and affirmations that will further your development and move it along more swiftly mm. than otherwise. I mean, all athletic coaches and athletes know this, actors know this, singers know this, speakers know this. If they imagine what they're doing in a relaxed state and give themselves gentle suggestions and imagine themselves going through the process of what it is that they need to do, they develop the body memory for that. So that when they go out walking on that stage or they sing in front of that crowd or they're performing on that on that field or off the diving board or boxing or whatever, they don't have to think it through because they've already wired it in into their neurology. They've made it habit. Mm. So the key to living a successful life is to create the positive habits that serve you so that you feel wonderful. Yeah. Because you feel wonderful, your brain is flooded. You know, when you think right and feel right, your brain floods the rest of your body with the neurochemicals and transmitters, neurotransmitters of well-being, of health and vitality and energy. You make better decisions. You open up your mind to possibilities that you otherwise not see, because if you're in that fight or flight mode that comes with feeling stressed, chronic or acute stress or being you know disturbed, sad, angry, frustrated, hateful or whatever, then what literally happens is that the brain constricts. Like your pupils expand and constrict, you know, they open up or they close down. Well, yeah. they tend to, when you're, when you're stressed in, in an, in an outer environmental kind of thing where somebody's, sorry, somebody's trying to um, threaten you. What happens is your, your neurology, literally the blood flows from the neocortex to your extremities. The heart starts pumping. You start taking in more air so that you can run or fight or flee. Right. And it, and it shuts down your peripheral vision because you don't have to be looking all over. You just have to go there and then focus on that place to go. You don't need to think about anything because all you want to think is run yeah. or be crap out of this, you know, in other words, fight. So it, it, reduces, it reduces everything. And um, that's not good for finding opportunities or possibilities or even making decisions. So when you're stressed, chronically fatigued mentally physically emotionally or otherwise through you know again anxiety hatred fear doubt worry whatever yeah. it is um you're not uh, you're not in your optimal and and so you're going to miss a lot of things opportunities are things that it's like you know you hear the reticular activating system yeah yeah i love that that term yeah, yes it's part of our brain that notices things that are a match for for what's in, one way of thinking about it is is what's important to us we inside we see on the outside. So if you buy a fancy new car, just the idea of buying that car and then having made that purchase, suddenly you start seeing, you know, that car everywhere. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. It happened to us. It's happened when my wife and I purchased a, 
a car, same thing. We just thought we saw them everywhere. It, it's so interesting because I've just lost my train of thought. I was gonna, the reticular activating system. So when people, how do you change it? So how do you actually, how do you train yourself so you can start to actually see opportunity? That's where I wanted to go with this because see some people have the same opportunity past them. One sees it and the other one doesn't. So that's got something to do with, I guess your, your reticular activating system the questions you might be asking yourself. So in a sense, the way you're, you're thinking in terms of opportunity and you're ready almost in a sense for this opportunity when you see it to then pounce you know, and go for it. So, Well, that's, that's uh, I mean, I answer that in the book. I mean, that, that is what the book is about is how do you, how do you create your life yourself so that you can take ad advantage of these opportunities and make your life the way you want to yeah. be able to make it. And in, and in a nutshell, while we're talking, um, it is to uh, do what we were just saying a moment ago. Stop perpetuating the old stuff and start emphasizing the new stuff. Um, Henry Ford said, "If you, he created the automobile, you know, Ford, you know, the yeah. iron horse standing, said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're correct." Yeah, such a simple statement, but it is so true, and most people don't don't understand it. If I think I can't do something, you're right. I can't. Do it. Yeah. I could do it, but I can't do it. In other words, I won't even bother to try if I don't think I can. I mean, you, you, if you understand the limits, how our thinking limits us and how our thinking freezes. So yeah. if I don't think I could do it, if I don't think it's possible, if I don't think it's worthwhile, if I don't, then I'm probably not going to do it. Yeah. Could I do it? Most probably I could do it. The question is, is will I do it? So how do I have to get to will I from I can't? Well, you have to begin to imagine that it could be possible mm. and how do you do that well if for so same with affirmations if one day you go i'm the biggest idiot on the planet it may be and you've said that now for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or 50 years now you say well i don't want to think that way anymore i want to think i'm the smartest person on the planet what typically happens for people is they they look in their mirror yeah you know and they want to lose weight and they go i'm my ideal weight and the mirror goes you're not you you're way overweight you don't look at it. and they go i am my ideal weight and the mirror goes i don't even look at it. and they mean i am i so they quit they give up because they create this you can call it cognitive dissonance or internal conflict or or whatever it's bullshit really you're, you're telling yourself a lie and you know it so what's a better way to do it then so the thing to say is instead of saying i am the smartest man on the planet or the smartest woman on the planet say you know in the past I've said I was stupid. So now mm. you're starting to take it from I am stupid to I I used to say I was stupid. You're not even saying I am stupid, but I in the past I used to say I was stupid. But I'm learning that that was something I said in the past. That was something that may or may not be true for me. There are times certainly when I've been dumb and there've been times yeah. when I've been not so dumb. So it's, you're not you see in other words you're not fighting it it what you resist persists so if you just go i'm not stupid i'm not stupid i'm not stupid you may end up with that same kind of pushing back but if you go yeah i mean there'd be times when i've been kind of stupid and times yeah. when i'm not kind of stupid. so i know that you know and i've learned a lot of stupid things in my life but if i've learned stupid things i've also learned some good things i learned how to feed myself and dress myself i learned how to walk or drive a car or a bike i've learned how to write my name on a check i can read a book i can do whatever and you start saying look i've learned a lot of things yes i've learned how to berate myself and feel bad about things and be stupid about stuff but i've also learned these other things 
So maybe it's not really a matter of being stupid. Maybe it's just a matter of learning. Mm. And if I could learn to be stupid, I could learn to be smart. So what I'm learning now is that I can begin to use my natural ability to learn things to, to understand that I can be making different choices. I can be thinking somewhat differently. I could, you know, and you, you baby step yourself from I'm the dumbest thing in the world to I am the smartest person on the planet by moving it along that was, and creating no resistance now. And, and then in doing it, what you want to do is you want to add in this emotion and Pauline Hill said, you know, or, as did uh, Emil Kuei. Emil Kuei said, you know, just say these phrases like every day in every way I'm getting better and better. And Hill pointed out that if you're just saying that listlessly, every day in every way I'm getting better and better, you say it a thousand times, it's not it's nearly as powerful or significant as if you go every day in every way I am getting better and better. In other words, if you actually feel it, you're telling your brain, I, yeah, because it's not just the words. If I go, I am so wonderful. Just the action, the energy that I put into this and the yeah. vibe that transforms everything in my body. I'm breathing different. I'm moving different. I go, I am confident. And I start feeling confident. I start standing confident. I start looking confident. I start going, I can do it. It's different than going, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's, so, it's interesting. It really is. It's uh it's something my coaches and mentors have really drilled into me. It's that invoking that emotion and really thinking about the sort of life you want and visualizing that, but feeling it really actually as if it's there, it's happened. It's you're experiencing it right now. And so, and it's happening like from, from evidence, I can see things are unfolding. Like it's reality is almost catching up to what I can already see that's that's happening or happened in my mind it's happened and i know it's going to happen and it's it's just slowly slowly progressing and moving in that direction right well yeah and 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 even the way you look and sound when you describe it and you go yeah i know it's happening it's happening yeah. as you get that enthusiasm when you feel that that's when you know you're on the right path yeah. so it's it's a, an assertion right now that we probably aren't teleporting. In other words, if I'm on the East coast of a country and I want to get to the West coast, mm -hmm. I probably have to dry or fly or do something, take a bus or a train or whatever to get from one place to the other. So it's a process of getting from one place to the other place. It doesn't instantly happen. You didn't get born and then be 24 years old. Mm. You know, you, you went through the process of growing up. And so people have this thing in their head because of all the stories we grew up in this fairy tales that somebody could wave a wand, hit us on the head and boof, you know, we'd be completely different. Yeah. It isn't that it's not possible and it could happen, but it's not necessarily as likely because I don't know anybody who just was a baby and then the next we're 24. I haven't met one yet in the same way. I don't know anybody who's been able to defy gravity. You know, they don't they just go watch this and fly off the planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a process. So the question becomes this and, and why I wrote the book is, is you could take baby steps that will get you very far, very fast, but not necessarily overnight, but quicker than you will if you don't take any steps at all yeah. or quicker than you can take a big leap and then never leap again. In yeah. other words, if I go into the gym and go, I want to have the body of a sculpted weightlifter and i pick up as much weight as i possibly can and i lift it and go Wah! and then i never do it again or if i did that once a month i wouldn't i wouldn't develop very fast yeah 
if I do a little bit every day that's manageable, but also delightful and fun and pleasing to me, where I can see what's happening and I can notice the changes and I can get enthused about it, it's mm -hmm. just it's like going from one coast to the other in that as you get there closer and closer and closer, it gets more and more fun. And if you think about it, how you get there matters. Yeah, it it's does. not just you know the journey is the, is it you know so if all along the way you're going this is cool this is fun I'm having a good time I'm growing then guess what your neurology is opening up your brain is opening up you're being able to take advantage of of opportunities that you begin to see different things that are positive become important to you and you're able to go after them in ways that you never could otherwise mm. yeah the journey is important and massive for me to enjoy it as well as obviously pushing myself through and, and making sure that I'm always practicing what you just spoke about, the visualization and getting myself in that state as often as I can. And we see it often, you know, people that focus on the outcome and just the outcome, they get to this outcome and, and I'm sure you've coached or been around people where their life is, is no better than it was before. And in fact, they might may even be more miserable than they were before, you know, so... No, 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 you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, no. And, and I mean, there are a lot of, you know, self-help people out there. who say, you know, set a goal and work really hard yeah. and take yeah. that. Action. Yeah. And sometimes the person's worse off doing that than if they just would practice these little tiny things on a daily basis. Yeah. Kind of like you don't take one meal and shove it into your face and then never eat again. Mm. You eat a little bit a couple times a day. You know, and you do that every day so that you stay alive. So you sustain yourself. And and if it's wonderful, it's a lot, you know, and healthy, it's a whole lot easier to do than if you hate it. You yeah, know, that's right. Just yeah. take massive action. Just make it, you know, struggle and hard and sacrifice and all this stuff. And if you don't work hard and if you don't do it, here's 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 the secret that a lot of people don't get. And I'll use Napoleon Hill's book title to illustrate. It. He said it's think and grow rich. Mm. People go, yeah, I heard that, right? And then people say, well, the secret to thinking real rich is action. And it's just not true. Because he said, it's not called work hard and grow rich. It's not called stu study and struggle and, and grow rich. It's not called sacrifice and do all these things. It's called think and grow rich. The very first action that anyone needs to take is to get their thinking straight. They need to get yeah. their attitude straight. They need to get their mindset correct. Because if you're struggling and working and doing all this stuff without the right mindset, you're wasting your time. It's going to take you longer. It's going to be harder. This is what people are pushing. These are what's a lot of self-help groups are to build this, do this, get the right funnel, get here's how you get clients, here's how you do this. And they get people all distracted under that instead of going, you know what? You have to take care of you first. Get your thinking right. Then the actions you take will be right actions and it won't be work. You'll love it. You'll do it. It'll be right action because you will be passionate about it. it. You know, it's just the same way. If you have a hobby that you really enjoy, you like doing it. If it's something that you don't like doing, like maybe taxes. I mean, some people might like doing their taxes or they. some people love doing housework, but other people don't. If there's something that you don't like, you think you're going to do it? Yeah. You, you might ultimately, but that's, but Here's a, here And here's something really important. People go, how do I get motivated? I procrastinate. Well, guess what? Motivation comes from here. Mm. Comes from here. It's the thinking. If you're lying on the couch going, oh, God, I have to clean the house. I hate cleaning the house. I don't want to clean the house. Guess what you have to change in order to clean the house? They'll say, well, I need to be motivated. 
No, you have to change what you're thinking about because you're going, I hate cleaning the house. I don't want to clean the house. I got this deadline to clean the house. I'd rather be bowling. I'd rather be sailing. I'd rather be doing yeah. it. You're thinking stuff that is keeping you from cleaning the house. Yeah. You're, you're not like if, if I go, I hate that. I don't want that. I'm not going to be feeling like I'm going to go do this. So, I mean, in order to be motivated, you have to think motivating thoughts. It's not that somebody comes along and goes, get out there and clean the house and tries to motivate you by giving you the stuff. That only works to the extent that you go, yeah, that's a good point. That's right. And you make that thought your own and go, if I do this. So here's the secret, too, with, with motivation. People wait to be motivated. The other thing is, is okay, well, now that you know that, change your thought. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to have fun. I'll see what I can explore. Yeah, I'll discover yeah. what I can discover and get up and start doing it. Do a little bit. Don't do everything. Do a little bit. And if you feel good about doing a little bit, you might feel like doing more. Why? Because you go, oh, wow, that wasn't that bad. That's pretty easy. That was cool. I got that done. Look what I've done. Yeah. So suddenly your thoughts are changing and your feelings changing. If on the other hand, you did something and you said, well, that was stupid. Why would I ever do that again? You're probably not going to do it. Mm. But that's what happens when people tend to try and fix it from being active instead of fixing the thinking. If you fix the thinking, you fix the feeling. If you fix the feeling and the thinking, you fix what you say. And what you say is a reflection of what you think, whether it's to yourself or to other people, and you fix your behavior. So it all stems from your attitude. That's why... You know, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're correct. Right. Yeah. You, you know? yeah. Henry Ford made another statement that I just absolutely adore, which is I never let what I cannot do prevent me from what I can. And a lot of people think, well, I can't do that. I can't afford that. I, I'm no good at that. I don't know how to do that. And so they never do because they let what they cannot do, what they're thinking, mm. do it. I had a beautiful conversation with Napoleon Hill's grandson today. Called yeah. me and for about 90 minutes. And we're talking about Napoleon Hill and about the family history and about his life. He, he, he was, a, he retired as a, a major in the military and became a doctor, a very wonderful person. And, um, you know, and he, and he was just like saying, he said he realized at some point that all the things he thought he couldn't do was the game plan for what he needed to do. Okay. I mean, think about that. This is this is truly profound. Most people take what they think they cannot do. Yeah. Is what they can't do. And he said, what I cannot do is what I need to do in order to get it going. So it's part of the plan. So he said, I can't afford it. The question is, is okay, what do I need to do to be able to afford it? Yeah, that's a good one, that one. My I had a coach actually phrase that exactly what, what you how you said it then. Instead of asking, instead of saying I can't afford it, it's how can I afford it? Well, how can I afford it? Or what if I could? Yeah. And Again, you start it, to think about, and then your brain, like you said, the brain goes to work, and you start to come up with these different concepts, these ideas, things, these flash thoughts that pop into your mind. So, yeah. When I when I developed what, what I called directed questions back in like 1980, around that time, I um, there's a difference. I mean, a lot of people are asking questions. So if I say where you get your shirt, you have an answer. Mm -hmm. If I go, what's the capital of 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 the of Australia, what you know, what, where's mm. where's your local government? You know, what where's the capital of you know Arizona, the United States, or something? Um, you can get an answer, and uh, the difference between asking that kind of question and a directed question is the directed question. I want to get a behavior. 
Okay. I want, I want to get a, a feeling. I don't want an answer. Like, like, why am I so stupid? Well, because of this, that doesn't tell okay. me anything. Yeah. If I go, you know, but how, how can I begin to feel good about myself? What it might tell me, well, how you got to begin to feel good about yourself is you have to do something or you have to think something, you have to okay. be something. Yeah. That's still an answer. Okay, so give me an example then. Direct the question: What would that look like in regards to? How many more, like like in in how many different ways can I discover myself smiling more today? Okay. Okay. So, or if I said, um, "How delighted will you be to discover you've smiled five times more today than yesterday?" And it's an emotional response. Yep. But what have I asked though? Am I asking if you're going to smile or not smile? Are you asking what the emotion is going to be when you do smile? How delighted will you be when you discover you've done this? Yeah. So it's, it's so the brain goes, oh, okay. So if I do this, so the question is about delight. So this yeah. is kind of going back to hypnotic influence or, or you know, you know, communication is I'm not directly going, well, smile five times more tomorrow. Yeah. Today and tomorrow. I'm I'm saying, how delighted will you discover yourself that's being? Actually, and that's that's the first time I've heard. A question phrase like that with that intent to to invoke the emotion so yeah definitely yeah. i'm after i'm after feeling good yeah. and and being positive and what i can do not just having an answer like well if i did that i would be better off mm. i want to be doing it so that i'm better off and i want the brain to help me do that so i you know i created uh, direct your questions and mind design and that so that people could learn how to do that yeah themselves yeah i want to talk about the law of attraction Absolutely, we have been. <laughs> you know, uh, most people, me included, first heard of this through the documentary called The Secret, and I watched this many years ago, probably, I'd say 20 years ago at least, I probably watched it for the first time. And, you know, there's a bit of a misconception. When I first saw it, there was almost this belief in myself that you could almost wish for something. You could wish your way to wealth, you could wish your way to happiness and wish your way to abundance, but... I think it's it's dead well i know it is definitely there's more to it than that so we've already spoken about how you know you put yourself in a state of asking yourself what you'd rather want as opposed to what you've had in the past how does that sort of work with the law of attraction and what's your definition of the law of attraction you're living who you are right at this moment. So your life is a reflection of what you think and feel and say and do. I mean, you're, you're creating everything. A lot of people go, well, it's God or it's the government or it's the church or it's happenstance or it's weather. I say you're creating it. Take 100% responsibility for what you have and what you don't have. And if you don't like it, make it different. And if you do like it, keep doing it, you know, and make yeah. it better. Um, that said, a lot of people looked at the secret and thought it was the whole thing. And it's really like a calling card. Mm. It's an introduction. You know, if I hand you my business card, you don't know everything about me. You just got a little bit of information. Yeah. Like a business card that somebody got. It's, it's to whet your appetite to figure out how to do it. And people took it as this is all there is to know. And so they would try it. And if it didn't work, then they would blame the law of attraction, instead of going, I haven't figured out how to make it, they go, well, I, this doesn't work. This is stupid. Why am I wasting my time? Instead of going, how do I make it work? What do I need to do? How delighted would I be if I discovered myself manifesting good things in my life instead of, you know, right? So that is that, but that's, that is, I mean, to some extent, I guess, 
you know, when people come into a training program with me, a lot of this stuff can be solved if you upfront tell them what to expect. <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of like, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. This is what you're going to get. And I'll tell you this again and again throughout the program. But with the secret, it was kind of like, okay, you can manifest these things. And yeah. then they went from right. A to Z yeah. and it was over. And nobody got, hey, this is this is to whet your appetite so that you want more. Yeah. So that you take a deep dive, do a program or a workshop, find out other things, read the books. You know, they they kind of ended it with, you know, as if the movie were the end all to end all. And at the same time, they'll say, I don't remember what they said. Something they say 97% of the people who tried it didn't work, or I don't remember them. Okay, but for some, two or three percent it worked. So obviously there's something about it. <laughs> even yeah. if even if it's now, what could that be? It could be well, two or three percent applied what they learned and kept doing it no matter what and didn't let it prevent them from, you know, the, the lack of results didn't prevent them from continuing. Well, that's right. It's got to be, yeah, and you said it before, there's got to be some level of consistency in doing this stuff. Like when you go to the gym, you can't just go once and or twice even. This is a, a consistent way of living or being that you've got to actually practice for a period of time as such where you actually start to manifest the thing i'm assuming that's how it works you know yeah but have you ever have you ever said i'm going to do this and somebody well-intentioned loving family friend or whatever said yeah. not in your not in your dreams yeah, all, all the time all the time yeah yeah so we do that to ourselves and people do that to us and we do that to other people you know i mean without even realizing we're doing it because that's how we're conditioned mm. Don't, don't, like, don't, you know, better to go to school and have something to fall back on than to go and pursue your dreams. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Because then we'll stay worker bees forever. Mm. Even, even entrepreneurial. I mean, think about this. In, you know, from, from ancient times to modern times, there's always been kind of a ruling class of blue bloods around the planet. Except for you Australians who are all convicts and criminals. You know, <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, that's how we started anyway, so the island right but no but but the point is is that there's this ruling class in the united states we have a ruling class it's just they're not as obvious they're not as visible but they are privileged they they go to the best universities worldwide they have yeah. all the stuff they intermarry you know uh, it's almost incestuous in that regard because it's like a privileged club and then if you win the lottery you're not part of them you can become a self-made entrepreneur and make billions of dollars you might get some entry but, you know, in other words, it's kind of like the people who become our politicians all kind of come from the same place. Not always. You know, there are breakthroughs. <clears throat> Even the royal families had some outliers who have married commoners. They didn't marry, you know, which was a big deal, you know. There was. Yes. Long ago. So, I mean, this exists. I mean, even, you know, and it's not something to make a big deal out of. But but understand that there's there are people who who do run the planet. Absolutely. It's a hierarchy and it's a system that we live in, whether we want to believe it or not it is a system so, so rather than complaining about the system you do the best you can with what you got so if you're right. never going to be part of the ruling class you just don't let the ruling class reign on your parade yeah and sadly there everybody is so wonderful at conditioning us whether it's our our government our religions our parents our teachers our friends our peers our movie our media our magazines our billboards or whatever or the or when you run into the room and say, "Hey, I'm going to do this," and your friends go, "Nah, <laughs> think again, pal." Yeah, that's part of that conditioning. So you have to go. I'm not going to let what I don't think I can do prevent me from doing what I can. I can't let people rain on my parade. Mm. 
and that's not that easy because you know my parents i said i'm going to pursue my movie career and they go well give it a year and if it doesn't work go back to school i like no why would you ever tell me to give give it a year you know i mean that's like and a lot of people come to hollywood and they go well i'll give it a year i'll give it two years and if it doesn't i'll, I'll go back well in hollywood we have this secret that an overnight success takes 15 years yeah yeah so people who say i'll give it five years don't aren't even getting close to what it takes to make it and there's another little secret and that is most of the time the people who end up working in hollywood are the ones who are left standing in hollywood the rest mm -hmm. of all quit gone home gone back got, said okay i'm throwing in the towel and the ones who are holding it out People go, wow, I've seen you here now for 15 years. About time we give you a job. You know, it, it, it's not quite as cut and dry as all this. But, yeah. but the, the example serves, you know, if you really want something, you do what you need to do in order to get it legally. You know, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it should go with, of course. But you know, somebody mm. listening goes, oh, oh no, coach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you what you want, you know, if you think it's going to come from the outside, I'm, I'm not saying it can't mm. you know, or I'm not saying this, the unit, you know, I mean, say, Hey, if you set an intention, the universe conspires to help you with that. I do. I do uh, understand that. I, I do appreciate that. We, we put out energy. We do broadcast, you know, all sorts of stuff. A person can tell, I mean, you know, think about it this way. If I'm walking around going, mm. yeah. Do I look like I'm really going to do something powerful? Mm. Well, we've all walked into a room, Rex, haven't we, where someone's just so captivating and you want to be around that person. And then we've had the opposite as well, where we walked into a room and you're with around someone for a couple of minutes. You want to get the hell out of there because you don't want to be around them anymore. And that's even without exchanging any dialogue. It's just through nonverbal communication. <laughs> No, you're so right on, Simon. It's so you can be with their back to you, uh, yeah. uh, like an angry person can walk in the room quietly, not slam a door, not yell, nothing, yeah. and all of a sudden the energy in the whole room changes. This is true about training rooms too, and and speaking engagements. You know, when you're in a room, one or two people can really contaminate a room. I mean, it's amazing how negative presence can come in. But that said, so can positivity. So, mm. you know, if you're if you're out there pushing the positivity, you can be standing there and somebody with oozing charisma and positivity walks in and it's suddenly like whoa what what happened here it changed yeah. it's amazing because the the notion you know I hear, here this is a silly concept but here's the thing you know they say that atoms are mostly space right mm -hmm. heard that like between the nucleus of an atom and the electron of the atom or the neutron there's all this empty space which which matches the distance in the universe meaning mm -hmm. that there's space inside an atom comparatively to to the distance in the okay yeah it's very difficult to actually wrap our heads around how can there be all that space inside that little tiny yeah thing? yeah and there's nothing in that little tiny thing except vibrating energy so the electron oh. is vibrating energy and the neutron is vibrating energy and the atom is vibrating energy so nothing but energy and that that arrangement of energy by number and by arrangement is what makes up everything in the universe yeah i mean First off, I mean that's bizarre, right? So, and and we who are hydrogen, nitrogen, carbon, and oxygen based is is the building blocks of the universe. So we have the same chemicals in us that exactly that right. And trees and bones and everything. We're all made from the same stuff, and yeah. we're all energy vibrating. And yet somehow, the energy vibrating through here in my arrangement 
you know, we're the same species of mm. human, okay? But we're still now separate individuals, or so we think. Yeah. Right? All this empty space is all energy. Yeah. And all that empty space, you're made up of atoms. So you're mostly empty space. That's incredible, isn't it? Our first... yeah, they, they think about it. I mean, we don't think because we're vibrating at a rate we can't push our hands through things, but we're mostly empty space and we're mostly energy. So we're vibrating. So what we think is a thought and it vibrates and it goes out into the universe. And the law of attraction says it will attract its own kind. So if it's a positive thought, it'll attract a positive thought. If it's a negative thought, it'll be a negative thought. Mm -hmm. So really, you and I are broadcasting stations like radio stations that are putting things out to the universe. Yeah. And depending on what we put out, we get back. One of my sayings is if you throw out a boomerang, oh, you would understand this, coming from boomerang yeah. land. Yeah. You throw out a boomerang, a boomerang comes back, mm. not a teacup. Yeah. Right? You get, you, you yeah, know. Well, you, yeah, that's right. Yes. So and, what people do is they put out negativity thinking they're going to get good things back. Yeah. They go, I'm so broke, and they think they're going to get money, or uh, they're mean and nasty, and they think they're going to attract a really lovely person to have a wonderful relationship with it. What you put out is what you get back. That's the law of attraction. It's, it's not saying, you know, airy-fairy this or that. It's very practical. What you think is what you get. It's, it's, it's what you focus on expands. You know, and and energy flows where your attention goes. And so if you're if you're saying I can do this and I will do this and I will keep doing this until I got that, and you set that intention and you really like it and love it and go, Oh God, I you know, I love what I'm doing, then all of you conspire. And then that's what you're broadcasting to everybody else. And guess what? You'll find other people who are like, Wow, I like that person, I like what they're doing. Yes. I like their because you, you don't do it alone. You don't do it alone. You yes, attract you tribe. Yes. You attract that flock of other people who go, yeah. "Wow, let me jump in there with you," and because you know, and so the more positively charismatic you are, and the more enthused you are about life and joy and peace and love and all the good things that you can manifest, the more you're going to be manifesting them. And what happens is people say that and then secretly go, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And the moment they doubt, they kind of undo everything. They kind of just keep going. They put their foot on the dock and their foot on the boat, and then they just never get onto the boat. Yeah. I'm glad you said that other people coming into your life or your proximity, right? Because I'm a huge believer of this. I've seen evidence of it with, with myself where when the intention is real and you can feel emotionally that you want to do it and that you've almost in a sense already done it. It's, it's amazing how many people pop up just to help you with something or an opportunity pops up to then get you a little bit closer to that thing. So I've seen it happen with myself and I've seen it happen with other people as well, but it's just, it, it's, I don't want to say coincidence because I don't think there are coincidences. It's, it's almost like synchronicities, you know, things that happen sequentially because you're actually, putting the right information out there for that to come back to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Neville Goddard probably said it the best and that's live from the feeling of the wish fulfilled, meaning you have to actually feel like you already have it. Not that you're going to get it, not yeah. that you want it. Cause if you want it, it means you don't have it. 
So if I go, I want that car, I want that car, I want the car, I know I don't have the car. But if I'm in my mind imagining that I'm driving the car and I love the car and I feel the leather seats and I hand my hands down the steering wheel and I see myself and I'm in the store windows as I drive by and I look out through the windscreen, you know, and I go, oh, this is and I and I do that. Then my brain is going, oh, I own this car, I own this car, I own this car. And then the subconscious mind, and or if you want to believe in infinite intelligence or anything else, and everything then conspires to go, all right, so now I have the car. And it's not like it suddenly magically manifests, but then you start figuring out how you you make that happen. But if if you're always going, I want it, like it's over there. Yeah. Then the question is always, how do I get there? If it's if it's on that side of the valley, you know, you're on a mountain, on a cliff, and there's a thing on that side of the cliff, and I'm on this cliff over here, and there's a deep gulf between us, and I keep going, I want to be over there. I'm going to notice that I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what keeps people from it. That's why the secret doesn't work because people say, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. They're wishing it. Yeah. Wishing. Mm. Very different. It's so, wishing is not manifesting. Two different things. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about gratitude because this is another thing that I've learned to practice, which I believe has made a huge difference to my life personally. Being happy or being grateful for my current situation, even though I've got a vision for something greater or bigger that I want, I think it's I find it's that balance between being content and grateful in the present. And understanding that, you know what, I've got a roof over my head, I've got this, I'm driving this car at the moment, and feeling good about that and grateful, but yet still having that vision or that goal. What's your take on gratitude? Because I think for me, it's been a big game changer, you know? I think you summed it up perfectly. I mean, the more grateful you are for what you have, the more you make room for other things. It's There's a Bible saying that those that have, more will be given to, and those that have not, even that which they mm-hmm have little will be taken away. And it's not about, you know, reaching in and taking something out of someone's pocket. It's the mindset, you know, movie stars, for whatever reason, get all the free stuff. They get the best seats, the best stuff. They get all the swag and everything else. They don't need it. Mm. People who need it aren't getting it, but people give it to the movie stars. Well, we know, I mean, it's marketing and everything else, but the point of me as an analogy, if you're really grateful for where you are, and you go, you know what? It's so good the way it is. You make room for it to be better. Mm. But if you're sitting there going, I hate my life. I hate my house. I hate my car. I hate my kids. I hate my wife. I hate my husband. I hate my dog. I hate everything about everything. I hate everything. What are you making room for? Yeah. Or if you I want this, I want that. I want this. I want that. I want it. You know, some people will say, if you want something, give it away. Now, this this everybody has to make a decision about that but they say nature abhors the vacuum so if you want a new wardrobe give your wardrobe away don't sell it because selling it is a transaction but give it gift it and expect it you know people have to make their own decision if they're going to want to do that or not but i mean you know it makes a certain amount of sense givers get you go i love my clothes i love everything you know and i love wearing fine things or what you know i like hawaiian shirts and mm. and drawstring pants i could care less i don't i don't want to wear a suit i don't want to wear a tie you know i avoid events if i have to wear a tuxedo you know? yeah 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 this is you know right yeah. i I'm, I'm i'm rumpled man i like being comfortable but anyway what i'm saying is if if all i had were drawstring pants 
and I wanted tuxedos, I'd have to say, I love what I have. I want all this stuff. This is really, really good. I, I so love dressing up. I love feeling comfortable in, in dress up clothes. And, you know, I'm so happy that I have, look at the beautiful things I have and appreciate yeah. them. Yeah. You know, and then maybe give some of those away or something like mm -hmm. that. If, if that's the practice that you want to do, you know, to make room, like, yeah, how is your closet going to get full if it's already stuffed? Yeah. You know, yeah, and, exactly. and that's something that a lot of people don't think about is if you already have everything and it's a problem, that's not helping you. But if you already have everything and you're really grateful about it and you start making room for more stuff, then yeah. you have more coming to you. So it's it, it's it's giving but the other side to 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 it is being grateful is receiving that's saying, you, know, I'm I'm you spoke about that yeah i have this i mean i you know you and i get to sit here together and talk mm -hmm. online through the communication device that we wouldn't have been able to do 20 years ago or 10 years ago or even maybe five years ago i mean i'm really happy that that's part yeah. of the yeah. You know, people are connecting all around the world because of that. People are discovering how to how to make a difference in their life because of all the, the cool stuff around them. You have books behind you and things that you, you know, that contribute to your life. If, if you went to your library, well, God, you know, I'm so lucky I was able yeah. to read these books. I was able to do this. You know, you start opening that up and then, and then just go. It's kind of like if somebody gives you a compliment, go, thank you. A lot of people are talking about this last night, Rex. This exactly huh? happened last night. I was doing a talk last night, and there was a group of us, and someone I heard someone give someone a compliment, and they rejected the compliment. And so we actually pulled them up on that, and we said, you know, what you just did then, you've actually, you haven't, you haven't, you're not grateful for this compliment to start off with, but you've also slapped that person in the face as well by not actually taking that compliment, right? You've, you've. You're pretty much like just throwing that person away over there. And you're, so, you're so dumb to think I'm so cool. Yeah, you know, like it's uh, and and that's and the conversation went something like that. But um, receiving and learning how to receive is, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's uh, that's something I've only learned recently how to actually do that as well with uh, with grace. Well, we we need to understand. There's a Bible saying again that for everything, you know, that for everything, there's a season. You know, there's a time to plant and there's a time to reap, right? Yeah. And then there's time in between in which we're nurturing and guiding and then and then we're reaping. And then once we reap, there's a time to take it to market and sell it or to, to eat it or do whatever we do with it. There's day and night. There's hot and cold. There's the tides go out and the tides come in. You know, we, we sometimes get so caught up with making things happen that we push and push and push and push and push and forget that. It's not about pushing. It's about setting something in motion and then letting it's like the pendulum swings. You know, it doesn't just go in one direction. It, it comes back. Yeah. And so, so that's what the law of attraction is about. You, you create a, you put a cause out there, but then there's an effect, mm. cause, effect, cause and effect. So if you're doing good things and you're getting compliments, that's part of the process. So why would you ever go? No. Somebody says, you know what? You're so cool. I'd like to take you to lunch. You go, thank you. That's awesome yeah, of you. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's 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 difficult for all of us because most of us have been told share. You mm -hmm. know, it's not good to be selfish. Don't be too prideful. You yeah. know, somebody, oh, I like your coat. Oh, say thank you. You know, but be be gentle. Don't, don't, you know. I mean, so we get all these messages growing up. And so yeah. we're not really good at giving. And we're not really good at receiving, which is right where those powers we talked about before want us to be. Because as long as we're always in conflict, we're never going to rise up and do anything about it. 
Yeah. Rex, we could go all day. We really could go all day here. You've been absolutely sensitive. I think we should do it here next time. I think we should do it where you're at next time. Yeah, I'd love to. I should come to Australia. We should sit and, and talk. I'll, I would love, if you, next time you come to Australia, when you come again, um, yeah, let, let's, let's connect for sure. But even this, there's so there's there's just this is so deep. There's so many layers to what you're what you're saying, and we've just really this has been a good broad overview of of some topics. But yeah, we could definitely go deeper into many things. So it's just been it's been a pleasure to have you on. You're extremely knowledgeable. I love your energy as well that you bring to the table. It's awesome. How do people get a hold of your book and if oh, you potentially reach out and find out a little bit more about yourself, what's the best way they can do that as well? Right down there, it says rexsykes.com. Nice, yep. So rexsykes.com, that's my website. It's, there's there's new things going up all the time. It's, it's somebody's changing it right now, I, but there are some programs there. The book is there, the Attitude Activators, or get the Attitude Activator. I tell people to get the Attitude Activator. You can get the book. Now, I do, I'm glad you asked that. Life on Your Terms, you can get wherever books are sold. Your Amazon is easy. Yep. If you go to Amazon and get it, and you go back to my website, um, I'm giving uh, I'm giving to people who take their receipt code. It's a it's a number from Amazon for the from paperback. Amazon. They put it in a special box on my website, and they get access. They I give them a four hundred ninety seven dollar training called the Mastery Loop, which is on how we master our thoughts, feelings speech and behaviors and any skill that we want to do absolutely free is, is my gift to them for getting the book. It's a perfect companion. And in fact, if you go and buy the book and they ship it to you, you'll get, you, you have access to the training before you even get the book. Yeah. So they go rexsykes.com. Also, there's a free gift for signing up for my newsletter at the website. So there's a lot of stuff and, and great programs, online learning, as well as uh, I don't know if I have any live events listed currently, but uh, online training all comes with live coaching. Ah, excellent. Well, there you have it, guys. That'll all be in the links below. Rex, thank you so much again. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, and I really want to connect again. Um, in anytime, the anytime. I like, I love talking with you. You're great. You're a great host, and you got great energy, and I love it. And I'm, and I'm so glad that we've connected. And thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for the people who get to see the show and, and yeah, reach out. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you got value from this, please give us a like and a subscribe and also share this with someone who you think may benefit having listened to it as well. I wish you all the very best in chasing what is your own version of your limitless potential.